Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello Egg Chasers and welcome to this, the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. We are the rugby podcast that is here with you 52 weeks of the year because we love rugby that much and somewhere in some corner of the globe there is always some rugby action happening but what's more there's always rugby to talk about. Uh, it's the same holy trinity as well. I'm <laughs> Tim, I am sober, feeling refreshed, feeling energised and to my left I have two shells of men, broken men. Uh, Jonathan Beardmore and Phil Largan. Hello, Tim Cocker. <laughs> Hello, Tim. Man, looking at you guys. I reckon, <laughs> legitimately, I could probably take you both in a fight right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty... <laughs> you is, honestly, you think this is bad? Yesterday morning was the most hungover I have been in years. I don't I mean I have been in some bad states the last two years. <laughs> I've drank an awful lot over the last two years, but yesterday. Was it was just un- ungodly my hangover. So uh, this is rugby related as well because it is. This is a weekend which uh, is the is bearing the fruit of two years of fantasy rugby draft, fantasy and our fantasy rugby league. That's it's, exactly right. And one one of the one, one, and again one of the people it wasn't part of a, any friendship group when we started. It was a love of rugby brought this fella in. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was the it's trophy giving, even though Bryn didn't bring the trophy. Trophy giving of our rugby fantasy league, where you know every year potentially we're now going to give out a trophy after two days sailing around Falmouth, which is rather nice. <laughs> but this this was it's a great example of the connections through rugby. So, friend friend of ours, Rob Hamlet, acquaintance who, who plays down at uh, OBs or Bristolians in Bristol, is friends. Yeah, so you said that wrong. It's Ood Bristolians. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Friends with a chap called Ollie Poole, uh, who invited us. His uh, old man has a place down there. He has a place down there. His old man has a couple of boats down there, and we Four. spent we spent uh, a couple of very very enjoyable days sailing, a bit of fishing, uh, a bit of a bit naked of diving into the naked swimming, diving off the boat. Oh my god! Sea. Yeah, so we took the boat out about I don't know, maybe a mile offshore, something like that. It's quite far. <laughs> and uh, we jumped in and I jumped in I thought it was fine water seemed absolutely fine but it's just terrifying it's just so vast I can't imagine what it would be like to be in some real difficulty especially oh. with your piece just dangling around in the water that's, that's a huge bit of bait <laughs> well, there yeah. the, mac- the mackerel were biting the mackerel were biting a couple of mackerel a couple of pollock very very enjoyable yeah it was great fun so Good. thank you very much to Ollie uh, to his dad Andrew Poole the former commander of uh, co- uh, Commander? Commodore. Commodore, sorry. Commodore of uh, Falmouth Yacht Club. 
who took us out sailing on the Saturday. But simultaneously, apologies for the uh, substandard quality of Phil and JB's chat in yes, this podcast. Right. Yeah. Uh, which we'll be covering off some rugby that's been ha- happening this weekend. Um, equally, as, as, as we mentioned, there's not as much as normal. So the really cool thing is it gives us a chance to get into some areas either we've missed, um, either that haven't been covered off, or, or maybe burning questions that you want us to cover. And there's been loads of, of tweets that have come into at Rugby Podcast, which is where you can find us, and thank you for those. We'll get through uh, whatever we can during this podcast. But it is the off-season for many of our podcast, uh, other rugby podcasts, and for rugby players. And what off-season? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is no such thing for us. Uh, but Phil, uh, you have been taking a look at what some rugby players have been up to. I certainly have been doing. Uh some, so it's interesting now because you're in this period where some of them are back training, uh, back full time in pre-season now, mm-hmm. uh, and others, particularly those who've been in internationals or had injuries, are doing interesting and fun things. So I've well, got. This is the first year I can remember that there has been a gap so early in the, in the calendar. There always seems to be something going on. Like you think the season's finished and there's more Super Rugby. Or, but this is the first year I can remember in ages. Like last year, of course, it was it was the Lions. Yeah. So they played. When did they when did they do their tests? Uh, around this time. Yeah, I think I think this weekend would have been the second test, the weekend of the second test. Second test, and then the third test after that. Yeah. So it was, so it was a bit later on. Yeah. So four quick questions, um, two multiple choice, and two not multiple choice guessing players. So mm-hmm. okay. First question. Yeah. Jonathan Joseph went to watch his sister play for Loughborough Lightning. But what sport was she playing? Beep. Oh, okay. Oh. I think I know that one. Yep. Can we have an extra point for what team Is... they were playing? No. No. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what team they were I playing. Think I know that as well. anyway. Oh wow. Um, okay, so I was going to do that as multiple choice, but obviously you. Uh, no, we got you it. Don't, you don't need it. No, we got it. Second question, you might need this one to be multiple choice unless you've seen the specific tweets or Instagram posts. Matt Gitto has got himself Ooh. a new pet. Ooh. But what is it? Bloody hell. Is it a micro pig, an aardvark, or a hedgehog? Ooh, that's interesting. Where's he living? Is he still in south of France? Uh, Japan, I think. Oh, Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, Joe Marler was having some fun this weekend, and he was in fancy dress in a full Welsh kit. Oh, wow. Dressed as a Welsh international, or former Welsh international. Oh. But who was he dressed as? Okay. Former Welsh international. Former Welsh international. Okay, I was have a guess. Okay, and final question: Which player was rolling around in the sunshine, topless in the sunshine, on a mobility scooter <laughs> <laughs> due to a recent knee operation? Knee uh. operation. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. okay. Oh. Shall we go through the uh Yeah. The answers? Yeah. 
First question, Jonathan Joseph's sister. Netball. Netball. Netball Super League. In Northern the, Thunder? Uh, no, it was Loughborough Lightning v Manchester Thunder. Oh. No, 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 it was Northern Thunder. No, called Manchester Thunder. I thought it was called Netball. No, 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 okay. Manchester. Uh, co- coached by who? It was the semi-finals. Coached by Gary Neville's that is correct. sister. Tracy <laughs> Neville, my, my Tra- beloved Manchester Thunder. Tracy Neville. <laughs> and I don't know who won it, but it, the, the semi-finals were on BT Sport. So it oh, was, were they? Yeah, oh, really? The other semi-finals, Team Bath against um, Wasps. Mm. Yeah, Wasps have got a Super League Netball yeah. team. Yeah. You, uh, you weren't covering either of these games, were you, Tim? I was we're not. Not no. reporting on, on them. <laughs> okay, question number two. Matt Gitto's pet. There is no right. Okay, so this is just by deduction. There's no way you're domesticating a a hedgehog or b an aardvark. It's a micro pig. Micro pig. I, I said aardvark because it's the least likely. I, <laughs> I, but I'm sure it's not that. But anyway. Uh, it was a hedgehog. What? Really? What? Yeah. I t- <laughs> don't ask me. He's posted a few pictures of his new pet, the hedgehog. Okay then. <laughs> apparently, if you see a hedgehog, you're supposed to call someone and let them know in England. Oh, yeah, apparently so. Or maybe that's just Manchester. I don't know. Why is that then? I don't know. I I think they're... they're, When I first moved into my house, like 12 years ago, we saw a hedgehog the day we moved in and the neighbour went, oh, you're meant to let someone know if you see one. Who? Who meant someone know? I don't know. I can't remember who I called. Who was in this call centre? RSPCA. I don't know. Maybe I... Imagine the volunteer. Was I on some (laughs) mind-altering drugs at the time? I'd hate that job. Oh, the phone's going again. What? I saw seeing the hedgehog. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question number three. Uh, so it's one one point each. Joe Marler, who did he dress up as? I'm gonna say Neville Southall. Neville Southall, that's interesting. Welsh rugby player, yeah. Because I was wondering if you're thinking because we've got an England because Owen Farrell was on his side yeah. there as the England goalkeeper. I like that with the, with the full gloves. And I was everything. trying to think of a Welsh player that would be easy to to do in fancy dress. Yeah. So I said Colin Jarvis. Oh, failing that right. Neil Ruddock I think it's football so it's not football it oh. is It is rugby you go JPR Col- Williams big sideburns Colin Chavis is close actually I assume he was Adam Jones it actually uh, could have been a Colin Chavis oh, outfit oh damn it oh, big, big yeah, curly I was thinking big hair big, yeah big hair why did I think of Adam Jones <laughs> damn it uh, so it's still one all yeah and finally, which player was rolling in the sunshine on, on a mobility scooter due to recent knee-op? The only one I can think of with a knee-op is Cameron Redpath. The only person I could think of was Sam Warburton, but he's way past his operation, but that's the only one I wrote. Uh, there was a, I was tempted to do this as multiple choice. So another couple of people who have had knee-ops. Yeah. Um, Tom Willis being one of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ben Jack o- Willis. Oh, sorry, Jack Willis, not Tom Willis. Yeah. Jack Willis. Ben Obama. Ben Obama. Ben Obama. Ben Obama. God. But it wasn't. It was e- neither of them. It was pod favourite Ellis Genge. Oh, oh wow, of course. It. If anyone's going to be on the mobility <laughs> scooter. <laughs> Topless rolling round uh, Leicester on his yeah, scooter. Sam on his scooter. He's not going to do that. No. What are we talking about? <laughs> Amazing. That's there you go. There's loads of there's there's loads of pictures of. Uh, of rugby lads on their off season who've been involved in internationals just um in sunny climbs and just young men in incredibly fine shape on in at poolside parties it's on ro- <laughs> yeah. ro- rather erotic tin no they're they're, they're going to be having a very good time just enjoying themselves there's a good uh, video of 
Hoggy and... and Greg Laidlaw. Yeah. Laidlaw singing. singing. What, what are they singing? Because mm. I didn't understand. It sounded... Uh, it sounded Welsh, but it could it be... It sounded Welsh or Irish. Not, something like that. Yeah, it's good. There's not some... a native Scottish language. Like, yeah, yeah, Welsh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's BBC Alba. Yeah. No, 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 native Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. BBC Alba is... Is it Alba? Yeah, the Scottish language. Alba's the name for Scotland in Celtic, I want to say. So you've got oh okay, so like, God, I'm so ignorant of this. I didn't know. Yeah, there was, I knew that there's me. words that like there's a very very strong dialect and different words, but I didn't think it was a whole no, la- no. a whole language and in the way that there is Welsh. If and I'm Irish. correct, and Gaelic, I'm and Gaelic and Welsh. Sorry. Yeah, so obviously it's Gaelic, obviously it's Welsh. The Scottish language is so rare that I think there's only like a couple of guys left of who can who who can pass it on. It's really really rare. Mm. And maybe that's a different language up in Scotland. I don't know. Yeah, they were singing. I think it's. Uh, a famous Scottish song, but not one that I know. What uh, the only what by like Bay City Rollers or someone? <laughs> Scottish bands. Uh, there must be other Scottish bands too. Are Bay City Rollers Scottish? Yeah, I think they are. <laughs> they, they are. On, on it, Tim. Well, they certainly wore kilts and stuff. I don't. I don't know. If Close they're enough. Scottish, but, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Very good. Very good. One all draw. Yeah. It was a one all. Watching Spain play. <laughs> Actually, that's one thing I was going to say. Is there is there anything we can take from from football as we look at rugby? It's the big oh. thing at the minute. So, well, there are two big things for me at the moment. One which has been quite well highlighted, certainly after yesterday's Portugal game, uh, is the way that players treat and speak to and react to referees, mm-hmm. and they scream and shout and try and intimidate them. Yeah. To try and get the result that they want, they all behave like Owen Farrell. Oh, they're they're wait the pictures well, of Ronaldo. Owen Farrell's not nearly the worst yeah. in rugby. They're a far. Do you worse. think Dan Bigger and Reece oh, Webb? And yeah, any fly well, any mouthy fly off. Fly uh, off Farrell and Bigger are roughly the same, I'd yeah. say. Uh, yeah, that that's one thing. That no, 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 but that's it, a negative thing. I mean, what can we take? What, what good could, could well, we take? From I was going to say the other negative thing is how poorly they're doing. VAR, which we mentioned it last week, but it does make me think. Mm. I am over overall very pleased with the way rugby is officiated. Yeah, I think that, I think there's things that go wrong, but I think overall the intention is there. The laws are generally changed in the right direction, although there's recently been a few bits of confusion. And I think it's done well. It's not done perfectly, mm-hmm. but comparatively, it's done so much better. So than the way football are doing it. The question was. What can we learn? What, yes. what can we learn? What, what can so, we take from football? Well, no, but but that's that's a learn, isn't it? It's that for all for all that we get frustrated with the officiating in rugby, which has become a real big. Thought it, it feels like that's most of a post-match discussion in these recent internationals. It can be really in some annoying. of them, yeah. In some of them, it can be because it it can be so. Yeah, but critical. I also think that rugby fans are much more pedantic than football fans. I, I agree with that. Much yeah. more pedantic. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one. But then, um, but then there are more laws to interpret. Therefore, more grey grey areas between where a law starts and ends. I'll I'll, I'll give you one, which 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 might surprise you. Um, I think we could probably learn by the way this England team has conducted itself. Which I think has been rather good. I think I think Gareth Southgate. I mean, he's probably going to be out of the competition by by Tuesday, but he's he's done well. I mean, do you he, know can, he conducts himself well with the press. And do you know what I've got written down? Does Gareth Southgate remind you of anyone? Stuart Lancaster. <laughs> very <laughs> a background in developing young players. Yeah. Um. Very happy to to put faith in a in in some new fresh blood. Um. Very calm steady manner 
good relationship with players and media. Yep. Mm. Un- untested at the top level. Yeah. Soon's got the major tournament. Um, <laughs> I, I think you're looking at Lancaster with rose-coloured glasses here. Because I, I need just to remind, remind myself how I felt about him during the World Cup. <laughs> which was, he didn't really... I mean, he was set in his ways. He, he was more interested in getting a group of players together to get to a, this is my opinion, to get them as a group to a certain amount of caps because statistics have told him that a certain amount of caps win more, win more cups. And he ended up avoiding picking the best players in order, in, you know, in order to pursue this cap goal. I think that, that was part of it. I, I wouldn't say that's a fun, the main fundamental problem. Because oh. he, he, had, he had... And I don't know how much of that drove some of his selection well, issues. I don't only... know if it was purely that or... Things like he was so fixated on having Manu, but Manu was never available to him, so he never had the plan B option mm. and tried to plug that gap with Sam Burgess. That was just insane. Which is, I mean, yeah. that is enough. I mean, doing it in the Welsh game alone was the that was the weirdest part of that. Anyway, yeah, anyway, that, that's all yeah, that. But, but, like, but I guess the point being is um, the World Cup pressure cooker is where you actually learn what someone's about. So, Gareth Southgate done a great job till now, now he's in the knockout stages of a World Cup. And we're about to learn yeah. what he's actually got in his locker because not having gone through that is a massive, massive um, puts a massive question mark over anybody, and anybody can can fail in that environment. And also, I'd say in terms of looking at the football World Cup, uh, which and you can relate this to, uh, well, just club rugby, national rugby, the collect when the collective is paramount and put first. It's it's always better than the sum, and when that's better than the sum of the parts, they're the best teams. And look at yeah. Uruguay, Russia, teams like Denmark, Sweden, mm. where actually the 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 organisation, the tactics, the unit, um, <sighs> See, I'm and, so, and the collective element. I'm so conflicted, so conflicted on this because I think it doesn't necessarily make a good team, right? In the same way, okay, in the same way that societies which are good societies end up with say better women's rights for, an, for a great a, like a, a, a great example it isn't the women's rights that make the great society so what i'm saying is once a team is great it then starts talking about its unity and uh, and togetherness uh, like the all blacks are simply just the best players on earth all in the same team it's interesting though cuz like you look at exeter and it feels like they were they got that bonding prior to them getting the success so in that scenario, there is a bit of the a chicken and egg question for hmm. me. I I don't think, hmm, yeah, because like the Lancaster, the Lancaster experiment. I mean, I, I literally, I literally laughed out loud reading House of Lancaster <laughs> um, <laughs> when he asked them to write on the shirt what it meant to them. Yeah, I mean, it was it, you. He wanted to have the culture to create the rugby rather than the rugby. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Fair enough. And at least Gareth Southgate knows his players. It's like these players. Right, we've got some inflatable unicorns. Go in the pool and have a race on them, lads. <laughs> he kind of he, he knows what they are. There's a ping pong table there. Fortnite in your rooms. Just uh, off you go. They're yeah. training. Yeah, they've, they've taken their own barber out with them. Have they? Yeah. So they always look uh, confident. Uh, they always look good when they play, and that gives them more confidence. But <laughs> if you if you remember, uh, Capello got them tailored tailored kits from Embro. They weren't they weren't allowed butter on their toast. Were they, under why? Capello. Yeah, under Capello. Oh yeah, when did this come up? This this came up in 
in another interview or chat I've, I've had with someone. Who was it? I don't. I don't know. I tell you what it was. I was doing Talksport too. Oh yeah. Name drop. Um, <laughs> and we were talking about the comparisons between Eddie Jones and Fabio Capello, and how Eddie Eddie Jones is relentless and all the rest of it. And the contributor on there, who I can't remember his name, was saying, "Yeah, it's just like Capello, who." Just war is pro- eventually war is players out with things like no, with like no, no better on toast. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that was that. That's, that's taking that marginal gains to mar- margarine gains. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> very good, Jay. That's far sharper than I'd expect someone who's had as much alcohol in the last forty-eight hours as you to to have managed. Good going. Thank you very much. All right, fine. So that's that's that. Um, so loads of people have suggested things that they'd like us to talk about. So we'll just I'll run through a few of these. These are only quick quick start. Uh, Joe Simpkins has um, said the Genj anecdote, uh, anecdote, and then encouraged other people to retweet if they also <laughs> want to hear it. And lots of people did. Well, Ellis Genj uh, was actually a guest of honour at uh, the old Bristolians players' dinner. So uh, being there with uh, well, current club captain and a former player. Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard an interesting story about his appearance at their club yeah. dinner. Playing on the, um, or not playing, or trying to play, on the slip and slide, uh, which Old Bristolians set up. So they set up, like, is it like a long visqueen type thing? I assume so. And then you yeah. must just... Tarpaulin with fairy liquid. Something yeah. like that. Right, for, yeah. for, for, for the players' dinner. So, yeah, a uh, tarpaulin-based Ellis Genge story. But if you want the full <laughs> the, the full version, you're going to have to find an old Bristolian and ask him. Yeah, All right. we couldn't do it justice. No. And I, it... I'm not sure we should be telling it on air either because it's, it's pretty <laughs> interesting. <laughs> no, we don't do this anything. Uh, right, Ben Johnson tweeted at Rugby Podcast, uh, Love Island 7s, seven players you'd send to the island. Seven players I'd send to the island? Yeah, if we were sending a 7s no, team. only send one. You can send one. I'm not sending seven. All right, fine. That? It's ridiculous. Because they'll end up playing sevens. There'll be nothing to watch. <laughs> um, I've said his name multiple times in the Love Island podcast. I'll say it again. Uh, the one man who I think would really spice things up in the villa would be Victor Koliashvili, the Claremont <laughs> n- n- number six. <laughs> the wild man of rugby. Yeah. High shot merchant. Um, Ooh. Or Willie Mason. Sonny Bill. I'd love to send Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill. Sonny Bill would be dull. Oh, no, but I'd love to. Look. I'd He's just... so serious. Yeah, he is very he's serious. He's like, he's teetotal. Joe Marler. He's very religious. Joe, Joe Marler would be good. Good family man, Joe Marler. Yeah. I think uh, Francois Houhard would be a good man to have out there. Oh, yeah. He, bit of a ladies' man. Very handsome. Well, takes care of himself. How about JJ Engelbrecht then? Engelbrecht? God, I've not, not thought about JJ Engelbrecht for a while. What, not every night? Not, not every night, just before bed. I would like uh, David Pocock because he'll actually try and have some deep um, <laughs> philosophical discussions. <laughs> <laughs> difficult that'd be a difficult Love Island to watch how do you feel about admissions <sighs> right uh, there are loads of new kits yes well I've seen one Ex- well Exeter Chiefs the Chiefs have new a new kit that they're going with white as their as their first kit or not it's white is certainly one of their kits is, is, it, is the black new kit their... the European kit so th- yeah they've got oh, the, going, they've the got blue the black one and the white yeah, so black, white, and then blue is their third European kit. It's an improvement on their horrible orange kit from last season. And they've had the pink kit, they've had the orange yeah. kit, they've had some monstrosities. You're right, it's an improvement. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, the bar, the bar was set very low. So look, <coughs> they're not backing down, are they? Uh, no. Using the old, with the um, Chiefs logo. In fact, they've they've really doubled down on their blue kit, and good on them. Um, 
Interestingly, one of the photos for the photo shoot, and I know this to be very Cornish now, um, because we were in Cornwall, is um, paddleboarding. And yeah, I saw that. Slade and Ben Moon on a paddleboard. Yeah. <laughs> Say Cornish. It's, Devin. Yeah. De- Devin. Yeah. Well, Exeter, yeah. Yeah. Exeter's Devon. Yeah. Exeter is Devon. Yeah. Um, right. Also, France have got a new kit. Have you seen that? Lovely. Love it. I'm not the biggest fan. I, I, um, I, I'm, I love it one time I look at it, and then I'm not sure the next. So it's it's plain blue, which they've got rid of the, the sort of squiggly, good tight detail on the blue. It's a really royal blue colour, which I love. It's not quite the same as their old, uh, like I'm, I think of their kind of probably 91, 93, oh, their yes. early 90s Adidas, Tricolore Adidas yeah. kits. That's beautiful. As what it should be. Lecoq Sportif, it's got, it's got like a, a faux collar. It's kind of a collar, but not there. But it looks old, really old-fashioned. And it's got on one sleeve a the, red and a white band. Yeah, so you've got the flag on one sleeve, but not on the other sleeve. I love it. I quite like it. I want to see, what I want to see, and that France have disappointed me for years that they haven't been doing, is white shorts with that and red socks. Yes. That's an absolute must. Uh, have we seen the full kit? Uh, can we no, see the... No, Ooh. That's what I mean. It's got white shorts and red socks is what that France kit demands. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd go for that. So uh, there'll be more stash watch as we go through the weeks. Um, and Dougie Andrews just said, lads, your, your favourite rugby stash ever. And it is exactly what you mentioned. It is it is the old 80s slash 90s France Adidas yeah. shirts with the with the three stripes all the way down I, the arse. I know everyone's trying to make money now, but there should be some kits, and they should just come to an agreement. Do you know, like, you know, arguing couples? You know, maybe maybe this is the best relationship for you if you just settle down and you know, get you know, <laughs> and, and get into it. And I think the France and Adidas um, combo. Is one they should look. We're not going to pay. pay um, we're not going to pay you quite as much. But this is why. This is why this deal should work. Look what we can do when we both work together. Yeah, the problem is some of the the French ones in the last few years. They've been. They've not been faithful to that old intent. Mm. Some of them with with the intricate detailing, with the wrong like a navy blue rather than a royal blue. Yep, and that deep blue that they they were using. Although I do, I've got the the red. Red with gold. Uh, oh, band. The, yeah, that for the 2015 nice. World Cup. Yeah, that was very I've got that. Delicious. That is absolutely gorgeous. So they've done some good things, but yeah, I, I think it should always be uh, Adidas and France. Yeah, exactly. definitely. Um, right, I'll come. Uh, any more? Any other stash that you particularly love? The, the ba- Bath have always had lovely. Yeah. When Bath had Adidas, is which was great as well. In fact, Adi- mm. Adidas have done amazing rugby kits down the years. Yeah. Uh, the Japan World Cup kit. Yeah, love that. It's delicious. The Brave Blossoms. The Brave Blossoms. I, I do really like... So when you think of the old French kit, it's the, the early 90s, late 80s. It's the really heavy cotton, the big baggy misfitting. I do like the England 2003 kit because of what it symbolises. Yes. That, that is like the okay, shift yeah. from the old to the new. Yeah. And at the time, like when, when you actually look at it now, it looks great on like Lucy and uh, Jason Robinson, for example. But on half the players, it looks all like Jason, Jason Leonard. I, I like, <laughs> so that was the Nike Martin collar, Johnson. Yeah. yeah, the collar was a bit high it and a w- bit tight. It oh, was. I liked it. So it that, was. And South Africa had a version of that. I thought it looked lovely. Yeah. South Africa had a version and France had a version. They both look Yeah, France had, France had a version. Haguaras as well. Oh, oh Hags, Haguaras. Haguaras and the... Probably no, so the all Argentina the, kits all the Argentina is well. amazing. The Argentina black or very, very dark blue mm. sevens kit. Is amazing. Yeah, 
and Russia, that Russia kit that you st- yeah, stash that you bought. The Canterbury one. That was lovely. That's nice. So there you go. There's some of our favourite stash. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to some more questions in a bit because there's a few more. But there's plenty of rumours and transfers still doing the rounds, despite the fact that many clubs are already signing in for pre-season training, as you mentioned at the start. Um, Chris Ashton. This is rumbling on. We By the time this podcast is up and you're listening to it, there may well be a, a resolution to this. Yeah. So Murad Boujalal has said the ball's in Chris Ashton's court over whether he wants to go back to England. Yeah. Would you imagine it's more than sale that he's he's being offered in terms of English clubs? It it, it depends on timing and salary cap, in all honesty. He's, he's not going to come cheap. He will probably do a year cheaper than his current Toulon deal, but that doesn't make him a cheap player. So I think there'll be some clubs that just... I think everyone would want him if they could afford him, unquestionably. There's only one club that can afford him, really. Newcastle. Sale. Worcester. No, Worcester and Worcester and Newcastle are spending a lot more than Sale. Sale could get him. The alleg- allegedly the holdup is they won't pay what well they'll pay something towards his release. They won't pay everything towards it towards his release. Allegedly, he's willing to pay some of his release himself. God, which uh, obviously can be quite pricey. So if he does come, I'm I think it'll be to Sale. Because obviously being a northern lad as well, that fits in nicely. Yeah. But well, no, I, I think Phil's point's more the point. It's that who, at this point, who has space in their cap? So it's sale. That's it. Yeah. So, so, so it's if not, it is, if it is not, just not northern lad. He'd go to. If it, so if it was go Exeter, to wherever. If it was back to Sarries, back to Northampton. This is a smash and grab to try and get a World Cup spot, which also means the other point is. Is it is it wise to spend a high value? Bearing in mind his sole intention is to come back and no get into the England squad. Simply I'd, no. Yeah, and he could get he could spend all that money, get injured the following week, and never even have close to an opportunity, and never get another contract again. Or but, even if, or even if he, um, even if he does is fit the whole time, if Eddie Jones selects him for autumn internationals and Six Nations, he's gone. Roughly half the season. Yeah. Well, Sale yeah. are in. So this is why it gets interesting for Sale, right? Sale are in a little bit of a bind because currently they are running around Carrington, and Molyneux is wearing fifteen. Uh, if they were to play today, I know obviously there's a long way to go to the season, but that's what they're training with. Byron. No, no. he must be off on his off. Season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'll be first. But Byron McGuigan comes back in, yeah. and he'll be fullback. But you know, Byron's been very, very clear. He doesn't like playing fu- playing fullback. He, he likes playing wing. Thinks he's substantially better at wing than he's at fullback. Interesting. So Ashton's experience at fullback, which I mean, I don't know if I would. I mean, it, he's good enough for Toulon to do it, I guess. He cost them a few games though, <laughs> like genuinely cost them. But he games. also scored a record amount of tries. Yeah, I know. But he was he was played as a mix. He didn't always play there at fullback for them. So. But do you know what the breakdown is of wing versus fullback in his last in his this season? Mm. No, from anecdotally from me. I'd say probably slightly more on the wing, but kind of like 60-40, something yeah. like that. But the something will happen, right? Because what's his name has gone? Julian Surveyor has gone to Toulon. Yeah. And also I understand that uh, Josh Tuasova, is it Josh Tuasova? Mm-hmm. The other wing? Yeah, yeah. He was due to go to Leon. That has now fallen through. So it looks like they might need to get rid of Ashton anyway. So a couple of French clubs are, are also looking at him. Interesting. So he might. So he's gone from maybe getting a pay rise at Toulon to maybe getting a pay rise elsewhere, or getting the 
the big pay rise if he moves over here because of his England money. I mean, I hope he if does. He can get it. I hope he does find a club over here because it would be be good to have him in the mix. And in the rugby dungeon, if he becomes a sale, absolutely. However, I would, if it was my checkbook, I would not be spending money would you do unless he was willing years? to unless he was willing to come in for an extended period of time and was 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 committed to um taking a, a huge pay drop at least in this world cup year how do you feel about the haskell yeah. deal then well haskell i imagine is probably is that's Northampton a short, for two years yeah two years but i i don't know but I would guess Northampton are not paying what Wasps were paying him uh, oh, or anywhere yeah. close. Oh, yeah. I know. Um, he's been paid substantially less. Yeah. Substantially less. There you go. Because, yeah. of course, it's cap issues. And Northampton... And, and, and he, he wants to be there for the for the shot at the World Cup. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I do... I kind of like the idea... I mean, I do and I don't like it. I don't like to think that players that are used to one amount of money coming in every, every month and I'll have to accept a substan- uh, substantially less... But it is good to know that the salary cap is actually working. Yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see where you know. It'd be interesting to see when players, when well, sorry, when the salary cap really bites, how they really do value players because there's a lot of Wes- Wesley Schneidering going on, and that means that players are paid by their name value and name recognition. So a lot of people say, "Oh, you can't get Haskell because you know you need to pay him X, Y, and Z." But because he's out, an England international, yeah. yeah. Turns out you absolutely don't, and whether that will continue now, like as older players will start to get paid less and less. Yeah. Well, and it will be well. The thing is, say Maruitoji is worth X amount. If his contract is up for renewal, then and he can get X amount plus a little bit more. For another club to steal him, that's how the inflation works. It does work top down. It's the it's the best players getting paid more, and then you have to find the the polyfiller players, yeah. the, the the guys that will come up. Here's the, a question: and, and look at Wasps. They've they've signed a load of guys from the Championship as just to get bodies into the bodies. squad and hoping that some of them will do a job. Yeah. Here's a question then: Marotoji, people think he will become the world's best paid best paid player. Is it? Is it? Conceivable that a second rail could or should be the world's best play, best paid player. I think the best paid player will be in the terms of his marketability and mm. his sponsorships. I mean, you can't you can't you can't turn on the telly without seeing him. Even but like, I, his vitality adverts, his Adidas deal will be worth. Absolutely. Yeah. Has he been on any adverts? I can't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one with him, Joe Root, and a, and a and a female Paralympian athlete. I think. Talking to some dog on a bench. <laughs> I've not seen that. Really, one. It's Vitality ad. I think it is. <laughs> I've not seen that. Yeah, because I, I don't it's feel on Sky, it's, on, it's on Sky Sports News all the time. Ah, so I don't feel like I've seen him in many adverts. Actually, mm. I think it could be more recognisable. Um, to go back to your question, I think no, probably not. No, uh, I can't n- see it. Not to get a second row, um, as. Because they they have less influence on the game. And that's yeah. not to say second rows have no influence on the game. Second rows are absolutely vital. And if your if your lineout's not functioning, which is mainly so your lineout caller and your hooker being two most vital people, then you you'll lose. If if you are failing to retain your ball in key positions, you you will lose. So they're very very important players. But compared to the influence that say a kick a kick and fly half might have, it is small. Yeah, I wonder if. The other thing which might happen is captaincies might start going to fly halves more. Think about the NFL. 
the most expensive player on the field is also yep. charged with the leadership of, of the team. Very rarely is the is the quarterback not a captain. Now they do have you know two or three team captains. I wonder if like well we can't really pay the second row who used to be our captain but now is our you know third lowest earner. We can't really make him sec- you know um, uh, a captain. So I wonder if it will automatically start going to higher paid players. Mm, be interesting. So I, I think it's more so. The more I think about the captaincy rule, and, and England do have a problem at the moment with um, Hartley or Farrell or whoever, the more I think about it, the more your specific captain is less important, the more important it is to have the right person making the de- decision at the right time, whether mm-hmm. it's to kick for sticks or kick for the corner, but also have the experienced leadership group. And that is something that I think England in this period have lacked a little bit. How? How? I do not know. And we, we've said it in the past, but you compare like the 2003 team to the current team and the number of on-field captains and leaders in that 2003 team is incredible. And you look at it now and you've got some excellent players, but I don't see many of them as standout leaders. I don't think of many of them as but standout leaders. But you put them in Saracen shirts and they're all standout leaders. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. I don't. Well, I, don't I, I don't think you describe Billy or Maro, uh, Billy or Mako. Um, oh, I would. I mean, leaders. In they lead by example. They lead by that's example. Different. Have you ever heard Billy? Billy, in particular, when he speaks, he sounds like like a leader. When he speaks about like, the team eth- ethos and how they conduct themselves, I, I would say that he definitely mm. is is leader. Well, Ma- he, Maro is, de- is is definitely destined for some form of captaincy at some point. Oh, Maro yeah. definitely. But Billy has played one England game. In or two England games in, in defi- last year, but he has definitely captained Saracens, has he? Definitely captained Saracens. Are you sure? Mm. Okay, mm. I'll double check that. <laughs> definitely, 100% sure. Definitely, okay. So, yeah, the more I think it's, it's the wider leadership group, and I do think England have been struggling in that regard. Mm. Mm. Where, where were we? Um, <laughs> what, was, what was the question? What, what were we talking about? Don't know. Uh, England football? I can't, I can't, no, I God, I've completely lost where we were at. Uh, we were talking about um, signings. Chris Ashton. Oh, was, yeah. Was, and yes. somehow we're then talking yeah. about England no, leaders. Yeah, See, good. it's weird, isn't it? We usually start talking about something else and end up talking about sale. Whereas we started talking <laughs> about sale. Um, is there any other... What other... Oh, yeah. Um, George Smith to Bristol on a six-month deal, is it? Oh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, nice. That's, so that'll, that'll be interesting. Uh, that would be interesting. For me, that coincided with so his um, sorry England's vice captain is Billy Vin- Vinopola is he is he on the joint vice, vice captain alongside uh, Marrow George, uh, sorry George Ford Mike Brown George Ford Ford Mike Brown yeah yeah okay Um. yeah so in terms of him as a player maybe he's starting to wane a little bit and it I don't but I don't think they should be looking, well, let's see him play first because we simply don't know well we, you're right we don't know but he's 38. He's played a lot of rugby all over the year, all over the yeah, world. But we thought it was waning when he went to Wasps. I know. Bloody brilliant. But what, what the point I was going to make <clears throat> was that when he went to Wasps, so he did a superb job playing. He, that for me also coincided with the best form that James Haskell has ever had. Yeah. And they actually spoke about him working with Haskell and the and the other younger and back rowers. Jack Willis. Imagine what how much he got out of it. Apparently, yeah. What that. what I've heard is that George Smith. Would spend loads of time with Jack Willis after training. Hmm. Yeah. So, I think it. I think if they, the, the way they should look at it is, yes, he can plug a gap, 
you could probably do very well actually mm. and give them some of that leadership but also the potential to develop some of their new talent that's the the exciting bit for me yeah and and Bristol last time they were in the premiership they had lots of talented players guys like Jason Woodward um you look around though and you, you didn't we've just talked about leadership with England you can imagine those young those young promising Bristolian lads and there were lots of them there wasn't anyone in the tunnel or in the changing room where you look around going out before a game going it's going to be all right. We're yeah. all right here. Yeah. It's sort of people that just make you stand that little inch taller and puff your chest out that little bit more. So I think it's quite a, quite a smart signing by Bristol. Yeah. Mm. Have you seen um, some of the drills that they used for helping jacklers jackle? With uh, like bungee rope the bun- pull, pulling yeah, I like as that. they're over the ball, over like a tyre. Yeah, so there's the, the ball, ball in the tyre and the bungee rope one. Uh, yeah. I've completely forgotten the other one. Oh, yeah. This is... This is my invention for a, um, a like a rugby bit of kits. Like, do you know, do you know what apprentice when I say go and invent something? Yeah. Right. And it's like invent a bit, bit of fit, fitness equipment. How about this? How about a rugby ball made out of metal, right? Iron. Big solid, so, solid, solid iron. Solid. Yeah. Um, and it's got a hole in it, which you can put put an Olympic bar through. So right in the middle, not not. Not alongside, just through. So you can skewer the ball on a yeah, so, on, on a so bar. So point to point. No, no, the other way around. Oh, other way around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, across the belly. And then, do you know those little shoulder things? Do you know the shoulder when you put the Olympic bar in the thing and you push it up. Yeah, I know. I know the ones you mean. Yeah. Like a, a little hinged pivot. Yeah, thing. so it's like, like a hinged pivot, and usually you see people put on the weights and they do the do the do the shoulder yeah. exercises, right? Well, if you put that on the floor with my weighted ball. Right, and you have different sort of weights, and then you practice getting over the ball, and then basically doing like, almost like rows on the ball, and you could actually grab it from different directions. And the functional strength would be awesome. Well, the problem it only goes in one plane of movement, which is a bit of a yeah. Problem. And and the difference for that is lifting dead weight compared to a writhing player, a seething mass of writhing players mm. is very very different. Which means that sound quite sexual there, Phil. <laughs> well, what about right a platform that holds the ball in, and you have to rip it out, and you set the platform for different amounts of ripping yeah. pressure. But just some of the best drills you can do with like two or three players and a rugby ball, like wrestling, trying to wrestle the ball off each other with one man lying on the ground and one man doing what you're describing with your exercise, but it's actually one of their teammates trying to hold the ball. Yeah. That is a, such an exhaust, absolutely exhausting. Mm. Another question um, we got asked, and it, it, I suppose it's almost looping a little bit back towards... Well, no, actually, it, it, let's, let's do this one first from Steve Hodgson, and we'll do this briefly because I know this is quite a big topic. But uh, in light of South Africa... Okay. Um, in light of Chris Ashton's potential re- return to England as the only way of getting a World Cup spot, would allowing players who play overseas for England actually affect the domestic game or could they bring in different types of experiences that might actually help the team Hmm. in the way that we employ an Aussie or a Kiwi coach for example that's a good point you should I mean you know if they're going to be strict about the England players and not playing abroad maybe they should be strict about only getting coaches from the premiership that's an interesting point because yeah, it that's, does that's looking at it the other, the other way. Yeah, that but then, but then that's the clubs, me. isn't it? That's the clubs can do what the hell they want. The clubs can have as many foreign players as they like. There are financial incentives to have English qualified players. Yeah, yeah. The, the answer to this is it's not quite so straightforward. They shouldn't be allowed to take players from overseas because I have to reluctantly admit, although I'm not in favour of the policy per se, 
it does work for England. There's enough money in the game that they can actually threaten their players, say, do not go to France or you don't get your England money. Well, look, well, look well, they, they, are, they are ruling with a, not rather than a, the carrot and the stick, they're, they're ruling with the carrot more so because I think now players that play for England are probably earning as much or more than they would if they were playing in France. Yeah, yeah. If, if they play 10 times, <clears throat> 15 times a year for England, absolutely they will be. Absolutely. Now, this is where I think they've gone wrong, England, which is they've, they've not made sure they nail down the targets that they want. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a guy who, like Carl Ferns is a great example, who everyone assumed it would be England 7 this year, had he gone to Gloucester. So, he, so he's one of the anomalies, I think, recently. I think... So, Ashton has obviously gone. There's others who will Bendy. have been... Benders. Benders. Maybe, but he was never... He never really got close to the England team, did he? Um, he was in and out of it, I guess. But like, he did very but well. Be, but, yeah, in his run-up to leaving for Claremont... I think Claremont, he's, he's done well, too. Yeah. To be fair. He, oh, he's a, he's a great... He's a mm. brilliant player. Uh, anyway, Armitage did amazing things over France. Yeah. So, but again, that was it. Felt like that was a time when England probably weren't desperate. He wasn't like the absolute starter in a position. But desperate or not, the guy who got like two European Player of yeah. of the Year awards. Yeah. Was, I mean, was Johnny he, Wilkinson in France when he played for England. I'm just trying to think. Well, did he not play Toulon think, and England? At I think one he did. Point? I think he did against. Italy in, in the eleven two thousand in the O eleven or two thousand eleven. Yeah, it, like when they returned. I think you're right. I think he did, and there was some sort of clamour to get him back out of retirement again yeah, for the he, World Cup. He did. He started playing in Toulon in two thousand nine. So in the in the two thousand eleven World Cup, mm. he definitely would have been. But that yeah. that was so Wilkinson. It is a different time in two thousand nine when he left. There yeah. wasn't the yeah yeah. The, all the players being poached and the issues you had around player access that I think come to the fore. England needs to be have more clarity in who they want and making sure sure that they get them, and they can't leave themselves open to criticism. They haven't done everything that they in their power in order to get a player. So like people will still be thinking now, like surely you know if only had for instance Carl Ferns as another ball carrying back row. I mean that would be bloody useful for England now. Oh, yeah, oh, it would know, be. Or Stefan Armitage at seven during the A few years ago, yeah. That would have been very, very handy. The the quandary is the if you... I mean, actually, look at what it's done for Wales. Um, when you... you, you as you, One of, your, work, one of your mantras, JB, is sometimes it's about opportunity. Dan Levy got his shot and now he's a... Now he's an absolute shoe in to be in the Ireland squad for the World Cup, and he, yeah. was, he was a name that people didn't know yeah. know a year ago, and that's because he got the opportunity. Um, and if you allow players to go, then young players, players will can... fill those spaces, and some of them will take that opportunity, and the and the team will be better for it. The different the, the balance is how will that affect the clubs if the marketability of the Gallagher Premiership now, as it is now, yeah. is a uh, is diminished because there are less star players in it and advertisers aren't willing to spend as much. Therefore, the clubs get a bit mm, less. Yeah. That's where the spiral... That's the quandary. So it, it's and, money. It's, and, it comes down to money. Yeah, and you look at... It's not New, even about Ze- the national team. Look at New Zealand and Ireland who have been two oh. of the best at retaining their players with few teams for them to play in compared to like... Wales are in a better position that, right now than they have been for a number yeah, of years. Yeah. I don't certainly, like it. Certainly where the regions like, are concerned. Almost like a restraint of trade. I, I, just, I think it's a bit of a harsh way to enforce it but it does work and that's what you got yeah. I mean going back to the money thing I mean New Zealand with a little population uh, on you know 
on the end, literally on the end of the earth. Yeah, are phenomenally successfully financially because they keep some of their players. I mean, what they actually do, and Ireland to a certain degree are doing the same thing. You know, they're getting wealthier and wealthier because they're so well managed. There's a mm. nice balance of understanding the talent, and also they seem to know when to let talent go, like Sapoenga or Cruden or. Uh, yeah, Sopo- Cruden. I think they've let go. Sapoenga. I think they would have liked to keep. I think he's one of those. He, I think he's. Do you he's, really think that? Even though you've just seen Damien McKenzie running the show. Yeah, McKenzie and Richie Munger and there's there's others. Ehia West uh, is a good, but he's probably like fifth choice or something. Yeah. Jordy Barrett could come in and do a job. I I think they would because he's more experienced than those others. I think others. they'd like to keep them all. Yeah, but if you've got to let one go, you Whereas, just like, I think I think Cruden was. He was getting, so he's still in his prime. He's probably twenty nine or something like that now, mm. um, but he. I probably use the quote that Eddie Jones previously said for Danny Cipriani. Cruden is someone who is number one or not in there at all. Yeah, you, Cruden's not a backup fly half. Although he has been a backup fly half for most of his life. For, for to Dan Carter when he was younger, but then he got so he got the number one position, but then lost it to Bowden Barrett. Devastating. Yeah, devastating. There's a, there's another so similar to the um, Chris Ashton transfer rumor. Dwayne Vermarlin. Dwayne Vermarlin. I was just about to bring Dwayne that one up. Dwayne Vermarlin. The rumour to Bath. Dwayne wow. Vermarlin to Although Bath. Although this can't happen because, I mean, Atwood's coming back to Bath, which is great. Yep. yep. Yeah, and from what I saw of him playing for Toulon, he, he looked back to the best when he was playing for England, yep. and rightly so. And the word is James Wilson is not staying at Bath because of Dave Atwood and there's not the cap space, the cap as, a space. Consequ- as, a, as a consequence. He'll be a good signing for Sale. <laughs> and, they're, and they're not allowed. They're not able to make room in the cap by loaning out people like Guy Mercer, Darren Allison, Luke Charteris. So, is Guy this, Mercer is this... not with them. Ospreys. Ospreys was that just a loan? That was a loan. Oh, maybe no, it was sorry, a Zach loan. Mercer. Sorry, or whatever. Or however they work it, Zach Mercer um, is what I meant to say. Um, mm. um, so is this? Yet, yet the rumor they're going to sign Vermaelen, which who of course will be uh, a marquee player outside of the salary cap. Yeah, but you can only have so many marquee players. Yeah, but Talupe Falatau and Zach Mercer. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's an amazing player, but is this... He, he is an amazing player, but is, it's... Is this Bath just not learning from mistakes of the past? Peak, peak Bath, isn't it? They, they love yeah. buying them rates. I mean, to be fair to Bruce Craig, I would conduct myself in almost an identical manner. <laughs> you can't have too many too many number eights. Yeah. I mean, you could have... Start playing on the wing, play him in, well, the, play him in the centre. I mean, you actually can play him on the wing. That's the scary thing about them breaks. They are literally the best player on the field <laughs> in terms of physical specimens. Remember um, the Aussie, what's his name? Uh, Radiki Samuel. Samo, the lock number eight slash winger. Yeah, I'm sure, like, one of the... PSPs played on the wing? Yep, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure. One of the young French lads, is it Kamara, has played... The one who, I'm sure he played at Stad. Six slash eight, yeah. and has started for them on the wing. Yeah, I mean, there's loads. Uh, there's might, loads might of examples. Kamaris, one of the, one of the yeah, one so, of France's you know, young talented. You, in my in my ideal team, I'd have two eights on the wing, three eights in three eights in the back row, two eights in the second row. Yeah, maybe through even throw in an eight at twelve. Yeah. So overall, you could yeah, eight, twelve and thirteen, certainly one on the wing. You yeah, and, yeah, and because most of them they sit in their fifteen position as well. For for returning high balls, you might as well play one at fifteen. Exactly. Are you telling me the Falatel wouldn't wouldn't be a devastating twelve? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to rattle through some questions. One was, um, and a, a few people mentioned various things like this. But what is the uh, 
they wanted to know the origins of Phil, your beloved Ulster, beloved Canes, and also your love of statistics. <laughs> so beloved Ulster is Phil Stock. We, we've talked about this before, yeah. but yeah, I, I, we do get new listeners all the time. So worth, I can understand why a, a guy from from uh, not Preston from uh, well Manchester White Whitefield Manchester, yeah. is where I grew up, but a Manchester from, born a and bred. From Manchester, being a big Ulster fan. So Phil. Um, <laughs> It was very early in the pod, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, was. First first season, or maybe early in the second season, when I didn't really have a team, because uh, I'd always been playing. Fan free agency. Yeah, and we got uh, people to write in, uh, to, giving me a pitch. description. A yeah, pitch, it's a yeah. pitch. So many, recruit you as a fan. many people did. There were some very good pitches. We even had a pitch from Harlequin CEO. Uh, for me to support Harlequins. I can't believe you turned that one down. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> there was no financial incentive with, with that one, Mind unfortunately. You, Harlequins and Ulster, it would have been an equally oh, rocky ride. I know. And I was, I think, possibly the three that I got closest to were Leicester, Harlequins and Ulster. So it, <laughs> none of which would have been a particularly successful couple of years. Um, but yeah, chose Ulster and I've been what supporting the them ever since. Gaines is just a, a few years ago when they had so much talent uh, and they were supposed to know when they're threadbare. <laughs> <laughs> so much talent and playing a be- really, really nice brand of rugby. And so I just uh, picked them up, bought a shirt, or I think I got given a shirt actually uh, for winning a little competition, stat back a competition. Um, and uh, and that 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 perfectly segues into the final one. Statistics. Where does this come from then? Phil? <laughs> um, What's the etymology of your? I don't know. Dependence on and love of statistics. I think so. I think it's important to say I do like statistics. Uh, my brain works in ways of numbers. I like to like quantify and metrify things, if that's even a word. Um, I, I do. I am a little bit cautious of the overuse of statistics and lies, damn lies, and statistics. I read. I read an excellent book last year called A Field Field Guide to Statistics which is not rugby-based at all. Mm. Um, just it's good advice for anyone in the world. It goes into some detail about a few things. I but... feel like we should have a a little reading list of, of Phil. There's a number <laughs> of books you've recommended and I've never read. Um... <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, but it, it's important to look at them. It's important to understand when to use them and understand when not to use them, I think, um, because it they do tell a thousand words, but but they can be misinterpreted and misused and there's a lot of that there's is there more of them now being or there's more the, and more being the, used yeah, now yeah the accessibility relation, and availability so of statistics and, and again I, I quite like the again for example tackle count you, you can look at it on a bit of paper and go oh wow they made 20 tackles it's like yeah but someone making one incredibly dominant hit that caused a key turnover which led to a try yeah, yeah. There's, there's a value attached to things which statistics sometimes doesn't demonstrate. I was reading an article the other day. What was the thing that Ryan, friend friend of the pod, told me? It's kind of the mantra that I live live my life by now. Because um, there's a guy that we know, Ryan, who who listens to the pod, and he did mathematics in Oxford or Cambridge, and he kept, he told us about a. Oh yeah, it's something which is right. You don't need to prove it's right. I can't remember what the hell, what the hell it was. <laughs> you know it, so you don't need to prove it. Yeah, like you, it's known to be right, so you don't don't need to prove it. Which is basically how I operate now. I just know it to be right. <laughs> I, I'm sick of proving things. Is that another way of saying confirmation bias? <laughs> no, no. What it is, right, is there are some things that I know are correct, 
and I'm done with trying to argue with people that don't don't think like me. Um, well, that's quite a closed-minded way of looking at things, <laughs> no, isn't it? If, no. if, if you can't, if, well, you, if there's all, no evidence... JB's always right, though, Tim. I'm always right. I mean, we've, we've seen this. We've seen this many, is, many times. Throughout my life, throughout my life, I have been right. It's just taken a while for everyone else to catch up. <laughs> and that's just how it works. Um, yeah, and anyway, so back to this. There was an article written, I say an article on a blog, a blog post, right, about tackle completion not being very, very important. In fact, it's complete, completely completely misleading based on the fact that some teams who win lots of things like hurricanes uh, hurricanes and all blacks don't complete as many tackles saracens Saracens. yeah yeah because they play a a, a real blitz which is going to increase the probability of um missed tackles but but But, the slow players down enough to then swarm and swarm but but if they did complete all of their tackles they would be better again you know yeah they would be even better Looking at that statistic is so misleading. Saying actually, this team should be good because they miss a load of tackles. That's not how it is. You know, it, the, well, more, more, completing, completing more tackles. Yeah, completing more tackles is always going to be better. Always better. So if you yeah. completed none of your tackles, you would lose. I guarantee. But, but, <laughs> but it's a, it's a, and this is kind of my point. It's like, well, what's the value of it? Because if the only way it's possible to make a hundred percent of your tackles is to press slightly slower. So your feet are planted in a steadier position, so you have the better technique, so you can execute the tackle. Then, then maybe there's less value in that, and there's more value in there might be more value in the eight you make and the three you miss because there's two people backing you up in a quick press. This is kind of my point. I, I'm yeah. A... So just on that, the the there was a very good article in the it was in the Economist actually a while ago on the the most the most important statistics uh, that correlate with wins. So, for example, oh, interesting. So, the the and three, correlation isn't necessarily causation, but it, very, very true. Um, but so, clean breaks, turnovers won, and then meters run with ball in hand are three that correlate positively with points gained. Mm. Oh, stacks stacks up to me. And there's the, so the, the meters gained, I think, is a little bit of a yeah. So, you will often see games where teams make lots and lots of meters. But they don't combine it with either of those other two. So I think you need the meters made within the clean breaks or with the turnovers one. If you're just making easy meters because your fullback is returning lots of kicks but then getting tackled and shut down and then you're turning the ball over and then running another 50 meters, Do, uh, it doesn't matter. Scoring tries correlates highly with uh, <laughs> winning right? Points point, point scored generally correlates positively with, uh, with winning. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, um, that is I'll interesting. make a note of that one. And the, the one, one very good one to finish the statistics bit uh, is on mis- misuse of statistics or m- misleading statistics from the f- a field guide to statistics, the book, is the average human has one testicle. True. Very good. Very, very good. Yeah, uh, I'm not really a fan of the. Well, the average I, human has less than two. That well, you can, oh no, the average hum, oh, human. The, sorry, the average yeah. human. The average man has less than has less than two. Yes, really? correct, correct. Um, I was going to say, yeah. Sometimes when I get into these statistical chats, not with you actually, Phil, but like with other people, or I read their work, I think this is so dull. It's so dull when they're trying to... They always use it retrospectively to prove something which they want to prove. Well, yeah, that's where I think the misuse of it can be bad. Because people look for the statistics that prove their view and their argument. Mm. And and everyone can find that for any different point of view. Yeah, yeah. 
Ed Dawson, actually, I, I don't know the answer to this one. Ed Dawson tweeted, whatever happened to friend of the pod, rugby league player Blake? He's in Canada. Oh, he's playing, in Canada. Playing rugby league, but not for the Wolfpack. <laughs> cool. Right, I can leave. Right, good. Yeah. And Blake, Blake, Blake is a throwback to the very, very... Uh, Four years ago. What's last time I saw Blake? Hi, Blake. Three, three, three pods or two pods? Or? Do you think he's gone as long as seven. Do you think he regrets? Do you think he's looked at how well, it, <laughs> how well it's gone and how much fun we've had and thought... Mm, ah, I don't <laughs> think he does, actually. No? Which is a weird one. Because he, he, he's, he's quite, quite an introvert. It's quite a complex character, is our Blake. Uh, <laughs> and I don't even think he likes rugby too much. In fact, I don't think he... I don't think he still plays. I say he played, plays rugby league. I'm not sure he does. I think he's just packed it in completely. Mm. Um, when does the rugby championship start? Well, good, Phil, good question. <laughs> yeah, give because me two I seconds. I just wanted to check we don't need to preview that in any way. No, we're, we're back in... We're weeks, if not months away, because we're back into the final rounds of Super Rugby. Oh, of course, yes. So, so we've, got to, we've got to have the culmination of Super Rugby and then there'll be a, a couple of weeks break. So at, we're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and I'm just looking at... There's some absolutely brilliant um, suggestions of things to talk about, which will do fantastic, great talking points for the close season. We're deliberately not getting into a look ahead to the 2018-19 domestic season uh, just yet. A, a couple more weeks' time and we'll start thinking about that, but there's there's plenty more to wrap up and there's also some... Pretty uh, meaty talking points, um, and particularly in relation to just tying off all the loose ends from the season just gone. But the rugby championship is something international rugby that it will be on the horizon. When is it? Eighteenth uh, of August it starts. Okay, so we've got cool. six weeks now. So really? yeah, that's a long you have the time. final rounds of Super Rugby, and then get into that. Um, just as a throwback to one of the other questions I've yeah, thought of, right? Which. The Love well, Island 7. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you know? Um, which yeah. player would you put into Love Island? Oh, right. Oh, right. right. It was that. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah, no, that's yours. <laughs> which Love Island contestant would you put into a sevens team? See, this this requires anyone listening to to watch Love Island. Well, um, I, I, for one, I've not watched a single second But you've listened so. to the Love Island pod, yeah? Uh, I've not, no. That's I listen to more than enough of your podcast as it is. Whatever. Uh, Eal is the little nippy scrum half, maybe. Megan. Megan. I'd throw Megan in just to cause absolute chaos. Okay. I don't know where, I don't know what any of that means. Listen to uh, the Love Island pod. <laughs> <laughs> nice advert. Very good. Um, oh, one of the questions you already covered. Phil was already on it. Matt Phillips said, given the self-flagellation going on in football over VAR, is rugby better with the TMO? Um, let, yes. let, me, let me broaden that out more slightly then. Um to and you, you talked about the the state of refereeing but there was a couple of decisions uh, maybe if if in this down period the world rugby get together and have a little review and pl- plot ahead to the world cup because presumably any law variations that come in for this season will be in play i think they would for the rugby world cup yeah i think it so i think anything that's going to be in play for the world cup will have already been decided okay. it, it will be introducing this this season yeah uh, but israel falau's wife tweeted did you see it no i've not seen this <laughs> i've missed this one so israel falau uh was given a retrospective red card and a one match suspension for his uh, tackle on rob carney in the island game final island game yeah fine okay I, I don't agree but fine i'm okay with it i understand letter of the law and all that um he appealed it was turned down uh, israel falau's wife tweeted with a video of another incident in the game oh where Rob Carney does pretty much exactly, exactly the, the same. same 
to Israel Falau, for which there was no citing, no, retrospe- no yeah. retrospective suspension. Now, that not being spotted doesn't mean that Israel Falau should necessarily get off. That's not the point. But I think one thing probably a lot of rugby fans would, would echo is a feeling that there's a lack of consistency. Yeah, consistency is so important. Um, now, and to, to relate this to football, um, I think consistency is a, inconsistency is a massive problem with football because you can see five challenges in the box and three will be given as penalties and two will not be given as anything and play on or maybe one will be given as a dive in a yellow card. Mm-hmm. They'd all exactly the same. No one can look at them and say that should definitely be a penalty or that's definitely a dive mm-hmm. or whatever. Rugby, I think, for the most part, as I said before, is in the right direction. But we are starting to see, like the the baffling decision of the uh, Benjamin Fall uh, red card and then subsequent inquiry and statements on that, which contradicts stuff that we we thought was cemented in a position that, rightly or wrongly, whatever your stance on that, mm. everyone looks at that and says, yeah, he's made contact, he's been reckless, the player's landed on his head, tick that box, tick that box, tick that box, we know that's a red card, to now in a position where they've thrown this whole thing about both uh, incidental incidents prior to that and then intent, which yeah. creates a, it's a minefield. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it, that's a, such a stupid one, right? Because we were just getting used to it. And just because your intent isn't to cause harm, right, looking at it like this, it doesn't necessarily mean that your actions didn't cause the harm right yeah yeah and th- which is ridiculous and rugby i don't right? intend i think to run someone over when i'm drink driving yeah but it's my reckless actions which have led to this and rec- so they created the, the term for reckless play which actually covers so it's doing it without kind of it's without enough control that if then you do something that is subsequently dangerous you don't have the intent but you had a lack of control that that is uh a red card offense in instances so they define that well to take intent out of it mm. and now this has muddied the waters so that and it, it, I suspect that will create again inconsistency and I wonder if we could have an NFL fair catch style rule in, in rugby so what is like that? a mark similar the rule would be if you kick and the opposition player shouts my ball you're not allowed to challenge him for that ball but you can't hit him as soon as soon as he lands. So the danger you'll get two players both shouting my ball. The two from the same team. Do you mean? No, 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 two two players like No, no, so if I kick it only the opposite opposition can call for call for it. Uh, but then you're taking that tactical kicking out and then that that tactical, tactical kicking is useful as well. And it actually leads to more open field running. Well, if so, the ball bounces first it's 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 open. Yeah, yeah, but so you no, it's it along the floor. Yeah. So if someone jumps into the air beautiful take lands mid run and the defensive line is not a uniform flat line then that is some of the best open field running that leads to some of the best counter attacks and best tries you don't want to risk taking that out over the last couple of seasons the number of tries they scored which start in their own half yeah why would that change would that change well, you, well, you're people, taking the, people. People wouldn't kick because they're giving the, possession oh, away. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, you might actually. You're taking the competition yeah. away, so teams don't kick, or so they'll, they'll it, kick, but they'll change. They won't yeah. put, do a bomb that can potentially get that. They'll change just to try and find grass. So it will have massive. 
you, you uh, we all talk about the uh, law of un- unintended, unintended consequences. consequences yeah. with... Doesn't sound so bad on the face of it, but, but it would be yeah. a different game. It, it, would be, it would be. Now, I watched... Um, there's one thing which I, I quite like. I've got into AFL recently. Oh, oh, really? I really like it. I was watching um, Hawthorne v. The Crows. Um, it's all on BT Sport as well. It's really good. Um, <laughs> it's a but, good, good advert for BT Sport. Yeah, it is. Is it? Some link to BT Sport. That's completely irrespective. Um, I, was, <laughs> I was watching the AFL and I loved it, right? Because they did. The, this law came up a bunch of times where... They said, effectively, let the boys play when there was a high contact headshot. Any time the player with the ball dips, crouches, ah, okay. lowers their head, lowers their body height, it's basically a, well, Free for all. tough shit. If you, get hit on, if you get a hit on the head, well, you crouched over, what do you expect? Yeah. I loved it. Do you want to hear my conspiracy theory about, no, how on. <laughs> so... I think I, all, no. I, I genuinely yeah. think that would be a good rule in yeah, rugby. But the re- it will never happen, yeah. right? Because it's not about what is good for rugby. It's about the noise in the background. It's about a small minority who don't like any sort of physical contact in sport whatsoever. And I, I think it's more to do with the point that they don't really like competition in general. And more and more noise is made. And I think that it's a very easy stick to beat rugby with, which is the you know, which is the concussion stick and the head injury stick and the you know the injury stick. But do you know what this is like? It's never, it's never going back. Do you know what this is like? This is like there are a bunch of schools um, in England. There was an article about it today. I think maybe fifty odd schools now have implemented a, a rule where skirts are banned. I've seen that hilarious. Uh, where so everyone has to wear trousers. So rather than create freedom so that anyone can wear a skirt and anyone can wear trousers who wishes to, due to whatever um, factor, no, every everyone has to wear trousers and nobody can wear skirts it's just um it's, a, it's an odd adding rules and adding regulations rather than adding freedom and adding a let the boys play kind of uh, mentality to it uh, will, i'm sure kids will be referred to only by numbers soon <laughs> so, so so no judgment is made yeah, yeah. Or, or calling someone a kid will be uh, ageist yeah yeah absolutely how you, you're just patronizing your, your children <laughs> You're not treating them I as, hope as the meteor. human being they are. I do hope that, the, that, that this meteor hurries up and ends the world sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my over, that's my overriding hope. <laughs> oh, right. A- anything else on anyone's agenda at this point? There is, there's lots we haven't got to. Yeah. Um, for which... Well, shall we call it a day? Because it, it, well, yeah. There's lots we haven't got to. However, we've got plenty of time and we will... We we haven't ignored you if your if your tweet for example hasn't hasn't been mentioned. Well, I think we ignored some people. We, we read them before didn't we? and we actually laughed at how boring some of them were. So, you know, <laughs> well, one of them. I can I can, I can say that was an actual bareface lie. Yeah, <laughs> just it's just a, just a nasty horrible lie. There is there is one thing to to mention, which was one of the few games of rugby this week was oh, yeah. Samoa versus Germany. Yes, in the. The playoff. Did Germany win? The Europe Oceana playoff. Yes, as part of the route to decide who plays in Did Germany win. In the was JB's question. Rugby. Germany World must Cup. have won this. Um emphatically no. No. What? Six, 66 14 or something oh, like that. Wow. Now I think Germany had um a much stronger team than they put out. I think their uh, Peter Hans Wiles players were available. But uh I think so. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I don't think reading into this that uh, Spain would have given Samoa a game. No, or no, they know. would have given him more of a game, but probably not. The, the score lines make you think on the face of it, well, because Spain beat Germany by eight, 80 points. Well. Uh, I'm not sure yeah, is the honest okay. answer. But yeah, they, they beat him by 80 points. Samoa beat him by 60 points, so Spain beat Samoa. I don't think that's what you can take from it because it's two very different German teams. Mm. You, can't, you can't say categorically either way. But. No, but that means that Germany go into the rapprochage against Canada. So I think, there's, I think there is spot. a second leg. But oh, it okay. will be done, and it then yeah, and I think it will end up. I think it's it's well, it might be Brazil or Canada. I don't know. I think Canada have to come through their own playoff, or no, they lost the. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I think it's going to be Germany against Canada for the final World Cup spot. When we all know that should go to a Barbarians team selected oh, by yeah. the, the, the cast-offs yeah, exactly. from. Everyone else. And Chris Ashton could just stay in. Stay in France and make money. If he doesn't get selected, Barbarians would be so good. It would be brilliant. Just one more thing from me. Um, Yeah. uh, For those of you that read Twitter and uh, follow certain rugby things, probably speaking for all of you here, just a quick get well to Neil Fissler, who's uh, just in a spot spot of bother at the moment. So wish you all the yeah, wish you all yeah, wish you all the best, Fiss, and hopefully you'll uh, be be recovered sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Oh yeah. No, I, did, I had no idea about that. Yeah, obviously yeah. goes without saying. Um, so it's a really small rugby community, and the more and more you do in rugby, the more you realise actually it's, it's really small. <laughs> um, right, we will be back again uh, to talk about more. And JB and Phil are going to go and take a Barocca and have a sixteen-hour sleep. Uh, unlikely. In 12 minutes' time, Love Island starts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am going to do the former rather than the latter. Uh, Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.